Welcome to Demand and Disrupt the Disability Podcast. Here, we will learn to advocate for ourselves and each other. This podcast is supported with funds from the Advocato Press based in Louisville, Kentucky. Hello, welcome to the program. I'm Lisa McKinley. What comes to mind when you think of independent living or living life in a more accessible way for people with disabilities? Here at Demand and Disrupt, we seek to help the disabled community and the community as a whole by bringing light to these important yet often overlooked topics. Today, we're going to talk about independent living in the state of Kentucky, and our next guest is here to help us with just that. Help me in welcoming Amanda Mobley. Amanda is the director of the Center for Accessible Living here in Kentucky. She is a passionate advocate for disability rights, and she works hard to ensure that disabled folks across the Commonwealth are able to live independent lives. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us today. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, Lisa. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I am great. I'm very excited that you are here today, and I'm excited that we have a program like the Center for Accessible Living. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to work in the field of disability rights and advocacy. All right. Well, um, it's really not a fun story, probably, but I'm going to tell it to you. Uh, So in really, I didn't have a lot of experience with working with people with disabilities until um, about 2012. My dad was involved in a pretty, you know, significant accident. He was actually in a fire at home, um, which he was in the hospital in UK for, I want to say, six to eight months. And then he came home with very limited mobility and dementia that was, you know, onset from the trauma that he endured. So it's like we went from, you know, no disability to that. And that was a difficult thing. So my family and myself were all involved in advocating for him because he, you know, couldn't do that himself. So we made sure he had everything he needed, all his supports in place so that he could live at home, which he did until he passed away in 2018, which I'm very proud of. My my mother took care of him, my family took care of him, and, and that was an awesome thing. So um, in 2015, I was, you know, drifting because my life has always been, I was never really you know, set on one thing. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my career and I was always changing. And um, I saw it, I was looking for a job because I didn't have one. I just came back from Utah and moved there. And I just came back from Utah and there was an advertisement for a personal care attendant program coordinator in my area. And so, you know, I applied and Jan Day and Keith Hosey, two awesome advocates and awesome mentors for me, um, interviewed me at the Hampton Inn conference room in London, Kentucky. And I just fell in love with them and with the cow and, you know, what we do and what we stand for. And that's just how I got started. It was just a fluke. And I'm really blessed that I got started in this when I did and how I did. And here I am today. So. Wow. That is an incredible story. And I love it when people can use events like that in their life and turn it into something positive, especially 
when it helps the community as a whole. And it sounds like you have really done that. So thank you. Yes, yes, of course. And I, and I'm grateful to do what I do. And I'm grateful for all the people that have taught me to do what I do now, you know, before. So it's been it's been an awesome ride so far. So you were recently appointed executive director of the Center for Accessible Living. Can you tell us a little bit more about the center and what might be some of your goals as director? Yeah, so um, the center started out, you know, we came off the heels of the civil rights movement and people with disabilities were like, hey, we deserve equal rights as well. They did studies in Louisville and they found out that there was a housing crisis for people with disabilities, there wasn't accessible housing for them. So in the early 80s, that's where Cal came to be. We were pretty much a housing resource for people with disabilities. And then, you know, it just it grew from there. And now it's this huge, awesome Center for Independent Living. And um, I just I'm I'm so grateful for that. Right now, um, I, I just I want to make sure that we're moving to provide the services that people need. And I think those those needs for people with disabilities change all the time. So um, I have an expansion committee together at work. I've put that together. I have some staff that that are on the ground. They're the ones, you know, that are in contact with consumers and they are going out and figuring out what is the need, what people need the most, what what can we help them with that would make them, be, that would allow them to live more independently. And then you know, we're just trying to find grants and, and programs and, and put things in place for those specific needs. You know, when I first was exposed to the idea of independent living, I thought that just meant living as a disabled person by yourself and doing everything independently for yourself. And I now know that's not exactly true. Can you tell us like a little more about independent living and how it's not always living on your own, but maybe more embracing the things you can do. Yes. So everybody's it's, it's funny. Every single person's I, every person's idea of living independently is different from someone else's. It's never going to be the same. It's not going to be strictly, Hey, I'm moving out to my own apartment. I'm going to live by myself. You know, I think, it depends on that person and their situation and how they want to feel independent. So it's just meeting with consumers, identifying those goals of what that consumer has for themselves. And it may be someone may want to just be able to cook a meal for themselves. That would make them feel independent. They live at home. They don't really want to move out. They're not at a place where they could move out or feel comfortable moving out, but they want to be able to cook a meal. We can help them with that. And that would be that person's independent living goal. So, you know, I, I think, being open and understanding of the independence is not a cookie cutter thing. You know, everybody's is different. So. And do you see once a person gains independence in one area, it kind of motivates them to try new things and to try to branch out and, and gain even more skills? Absolutely. It's, um, it's so, it's a beautiful thing actually to see you. We see it. Every day I get to see it in Louisville. I know when I worked with PCAP, I worked remotely at my, you know, home office. And I did see that somewhat. But now where I'm in Louisville and I'm really there, I see it all the time. And it is an amazing thing to see. And it is an amazing thing to witness. I think 
it's so awesome to see someone come in and their, you know, their only goal was to just be budget better. And then they see they can do that. And they're like, Hey, I could, I think I really could move out on my own. You know, now that I've got this budgeting down, I've learned how to cook. I think I can live independently on my own. That's what my goal is now. And I think that's so neat to see that happen. And it's, it's really awesome thing to watch. And I'm sure it's important to really celebrate those, those milestones. I remember moving to my first apartment and the dumpster was, oh, I don't know, maybe a thousand feet from, from the apartment and finding my way with the cane and, and with the big old garbage bag to the, to the trash can. And I was so excited, but I didn't want to share that with anybody because they'd think oh, you just took a bag of garbage to the trash can, but it's those little things I think we need to celebrate and those really help encourage people to move forward and take on other tasks. So, you know, thanks for being in that role and encouraging people in that way. Can you give some examples of, of how you've seen people really grow and start their journey to independence? Yes. So, um, like I said, I see it every day at work. It, it really is. It really is just a, a constant Thing. And I read the reports that all the staff give me and they all have amazing things happening. But specifically, um, I've seen consumer a consumer specific that um, is our, he actually works in the Louisville office. And, you know, he came there for some work study. He was just doing some, you know, he just wanted to, to work on employment supports and things. And now he is, he's looking for, his, he's looking for, his, he's volunteered with us and now he's looking for his first you know, full-time job. And to me, that's just awesome because he was so, I saw him when he first came in and he was so nervous, but you know, the sweetest little guy. And then now he's just, he's ready to move on and he's ready to do big things. And I think that's just great and awesome for us. That's amazing. I, I recently read a story where a young lady, she had, um, a learning disability and a reading disability and at 16 she couldn't she couldn't read or write and it was discovered through the school system and she joined a a program similar to um cal uh, the center for accessible accessible living and they were able to address those issues and help her and now she has a graduate degree from a university just that is where the center really is important in joining alongside people and helping in that manner. So what's funny too, is that I started out, you know, I've, I've worked really hard my whole life at every job I've ever had. I've always worked really hard. I had a good work ethic and I always liked things particular, never realized that I had a disability until 2020. I lived my whole, I'm 37 now live my, I'm giving my age on here, but um, at, in 2020, you know, I was like very picky. I was moving into new roles at work. I was taking on more tasks and I was very, I wanted things done a certain way. And it was really getting difficult for me to do that because my schedule was getting more full and I had more things on my plate. And I was like, you know, this isn't, something's off. I don't know what it is. And then, so I started doing some telehealth and I was, you know, diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder that they said I've probably had my whole life based on, you know, how my childhood, my answers and things were, as well as attention deficit. I had ADHD. I think I'm saying that right. I only know it by ADHD, so I'm probably saying that incorrectly. 
but um so yes I it's so and now I look at it and I'm like hey I lived my whole life and it you know I didn't even know that I had that and now I'm I'm doing it and I'm doing this great thing that I I probably if I had known I don't know that I would have ever made it if, if I'd had that big plate full before but here I am so wow and people don't really I don't think they give a lot of of credit to disorders like um ADD and learning disabilities and reading disabilities and how much it can set you back if you don't have the proper networks in place to help you along the way so that you are able to uh recognize and overcome and and do what you're doing now I'm sure you can use that experience to help other people in similar situations do you um assist anyone with with things such as that yeah so um I do I'm I'm you know when it first happened I didn't I didn't really know what to think because like I said I lived my whole life and didn't you know before I even realized it I didn't realize that I just thought I liked things particular that's you know and then so now that I realize it I'm very open to people at work and I'm very like hey this person you know when someone comes to me a staff comes to me with a problem and they're like I can't get this consumer to do this I'm like they they very well could have you know, some undiagnosed disorders like that, because I know I I can, I'm absolutely connecting with them on this level because that was me, you know? So I do, I try, I try to meet with the consumers that are dealing with that. And, you know, I try to, I try to mentor them as much as I'm able to. I think nothing puts a person more at ease than being able to speak with someone who has been there and who has been in their shoes and has overcome. And, you know, this program has actually helped me in that way and in learning about all the things you all are doing and that there are disabled people out there just, you know, taking control and getting it done and not letting things hold them back. And you all are, you know, responsible in part for some of that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of the work we do. And, and, and for people like you look at you, you're, you're an advocate for us and, and, and we love that. So what type of disabilities do you see quite frequently? Because I don't, I don't think people are aware of all the different types of disabilities. You just think of maybe blind people or people with mobility issues, but there's so many out there. Yes, there are. You know, um, when I, when I came to Louisville, I saw more because with PCAP, it was mainly um, quadriplegics is what I dealt with mostly on that program because they were, you know, had mobility issues. Some people have, um, para- I, we did have some paraplegics and things like that, but for the majority, it was those kind of mobility issues. And then I came, I came to Louisville and it's so much more than that. And we see, we are seeing a lot more recently of the mental health disorders and things like that. So I think that's coming into play a lot more now. And that's kind of where we're also when I tell you that we're looking at other needs in the community, we're seeing that those needs are not really being met the way they should be. So a lot of that's coming in. Um, I think, I think that can be the catalyst for a lot of other things. So the housing issues, you know, if someone has some mental health needs that aren't being addressed, they're going to have probably issues in finding housing or maintaining, you know, paying their rent on time, all those things. They're going to, they're going to have trouble with that. So we're seeing a lot of that. We see, we do see a lot of mobility issues, especially in Louisville. There is a lot of that, but 
I think that I think right now, to me, the most pressing and the most that I'm starting to see, you know, the biggest increase in is the, the mental health. So are you able to help get consumers plugged into resources like therapy and counseling that can help them? Yes, yes. So we're working on a lot of partnerships. Uh, currently, we we refer them out because we don't, you know, but or with independent living skills, they can still teach people with some mental health, you know, issues. They can teach them, hey, this is how you're going to do a budget. I needed someone to do that with me, actually, and I didn't say never did, but I would have had a lot better finances if I had a but. Um, so we do still help them on, on that level, but we are working with partnerships throughout the state on, on being sure that we are there and we're getting them what they need when they need it as quickly as we can possibly get it to them. We know there is a mental health crisis here in America. So the fact that there are organizations, um, ready to walk alongside and offer help and guidance to people with with struggling with mental um, disabilities or what have you is, is something that we shouldn't overlook. It's it's very important, and it's great that you all are doing that. Do you have any advice for someone who who is disabled and they like to be more independent? They know they're maybe not as independent as they should be. Uh, but they're hesitant to leap out and step out in faith and take the first step. What, what kind of advice would you give them? I would, uh, two things. One, I would say contact Cal. This is my plug for the Food Center for Accessible Living, but absolutely contact us because we can help you figure out what that next step is. But also don't be afraid to make that next small step because I think, you know, it can be, it can be, I'm in my house all the time. I'm scared to go outside. I'm afraid I'll fall, the fall risk. You know, start going out to the porch. You know, make those small steps to where, hey, I'm starting to do things more. I'm starting to be more active. I, I'm feeling more independent in this. You know, make those contacts to people. But definitely, if you reach out to us, we can we can get you in contact with the right people or we can help you in any way we are able to. Now, you have offices where at in Kentucky? Yeah, so our main office is in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, we're on the corner of 2nd and Muhammad. And then we have an office in Bowling Green. It's a smaller office, but it's there. It's on Destiny. It's off of Destiny Lane. And then we have one in Murray. And I think it's off of 16th Street. I'm probably telling you the wrong address. Let me make sure. Yes, it's off 16th Street. And so we... we but we also have remote. So those are our three main offices, but we also have remote workers throughout the state. So and if we aren't, if that isn't our service area, if there's another place that is in that service area, you can still reach out to us and we will absolutely get you in contact with the right place. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd like to mention about the center or any goals you all might have? Um. Yeah, so. Right now, like I said, we're focusing on the main needs. And if you're listening out there and you're like, listen, this is a need that we don't have filled here. I'm in rural, you know, far eastern Kentucky. This is a need we have and it's not being met. You can email me directly. I, I Email me. I'll talk with you. We'll meet up. We'll figure it out. And we'll do. I'm doing my very best to get things taken care of like that. Or at least, you know, start them. Obviously, I can't take on everything. And it's funny 
we just appointed a new assistant director, which is Lauren Mounts. And then we also have coordinator of services, which is Erica Deshay in Louisville. Those two are my saving graces. They help me so much. I don't think I could get through the day without them because they're always remembering a meeting for me or remembering, you know, something that I've forgotten or working on something for me that I need done. And I'm so grateful for those two, but they also keep me in check because I'm here to tell you, if I could take on every single thing in the world, I would do it because that's how passionate I am about independent living. But they, you know, are kind of keeping me, hey, let's work on this thing right now. <laughs> we'll work on this bigger thing, you know, next. So, yeah, I think we're just working on, we're really working on growing because I think we went back to basics. We lost, a, we lost quite a few programs. And so we're starting back at basics and we're just trying to grow and really provide those services that people need right now. So how do people find out more about the Center for Accessible Living or get in contact with you or your offices? Okay, so they can go to our website, which is www.calky.org. And that has all of our services. We are updating that. That's not a very up-to-date um, page. We're working on that in the next month. That should be updated. Or they can reach out to our individual offices for Louisville, Kentucky. The number is 502-589-6620. For Murray, that phone number is 270-753-7676. Or for Bowling Green, that number is 270-599-0911. Thank you. And we will be sure to put those uh, numbers and information in the show notes. Thank you, Amanda. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. And thank you for everything you are doing on behalf of the disabled folks across the Commonwealth. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate all you're doing for us. So let me know if you guys need anything, anyone needs anything out there, just out there in virtual world, reach out to me. Thank you. And thank you listeners for joining our program today. As always, tune in next time. If you like the podcast, remember to follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you really like the podcast, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That helps more people to find us. If you really, really like the podcast, then please tell someone about it, either in person or send them an email or just share the link on social media. Thank you all. Every bit helps and it makes a huge difference for us. If you'd like a transcript, please send us an email to demandanddisrupt at gmail.com and put transcript in the subject line. Thanks to Steve Moore for helping us out with transcripts. Thanks to Chris Unkin for our theme music. Demand and Disrupt is a publication of the Advocado Press with generous support from the Center for Accessible Living located in Louisville, Kentucky. And you can find links to buy the book, A Celebration of Family, Stories of Parents with Disabilities, in our show notes. Thanks, everyone. You say you've seen a change in me Just for once I think I would agree
Each and every letter spells out the 